Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. Skeptic Wire for the 21st of August, 2013. I'm your host, Gary Lawn, and with me this week are Greg Berine. i got to figure out what is the anniversary gift for 125. Paper. Okay. <laughs> and uh, after a long, long weekend of filming, Donna Swafford. Hello. I think I'm actually kind of recovered from it. Bueno. So yes, the 48-hour film competition was this weekend. I... Participated briefly, just writing some music, but you did the actual I, you filming know and writing. What? First off, the amount of music that you gave us in the amount of time that we asked you for it, fucking amazing. Four <laughs> we were hours. All very impressed. Yeah. <laughs> and he's single, ladies. That's right. And, you know, I didn't kill anybody on the set, even though I wanted to it about nine o'clock Sunday morning. Yeah, so. as, as is, yeah, you know, well, working for 48 hours. Yeah. Course, yeah. Just but, like this podcast. Yeah. But we got it turned We in. are not going to do a 24-hour podcast. No, but we always want to <laughs> oh. kill each other after the show. Oh, that's true. Yeah. No, we just want to kill you. Oh. Oh. Awkward. Yeah. Awkward silence. What? You mean yeah. we. <laughs> um, so. But yeah, no, we got it turned in on time. Um, I really can't really talk about it. We drew the uh, genre of horror, and we kind of... Kind of... Skirted. There's definitely skirted a it. horrific <laughs> elements in it, but primarily not really a horror. Yeah, we, we have a lot more comedy. Yeah. Now, not to tease the listeners too much, but will they eventually be able to see YouTube link for this? Yes. Okay. Um, we can release it um, online after the screening, which is this coming Monday. 26th. The 26th. Of August, and, 2013. Um, so we can release it then. I warn you, it's... um. Don't worm anything. Yeah. It's it, it'll okay. be what it is. It's a mystery until after Monday. Right. I do have one little piece of housekeeping, which is um, last week George Robb, friend of the show who's been on a couple shows with us, uh, asked us to celebrate the release of his new two one eight one two a nice night out DVD slash CD CD set by uh, sharing the audio for half of that uh, concert on our feed, and that should be up already. So. If you like it, great. Tell George how much you liked the Skeptic Wire sharing it and that he should do our song challenge with us. Mm-hmm. Which he won't, but... You know. Which he won't. Yeah, that's weird, because actually I was listening to Van Halen's OU812, so... <laughs> what are you, psychic? Huh. No, I'm actually lying about that. Anyway, <laughs> all right, so do we uh, We have a birthday? Why, yes, we do. Um, and I would hope it's somebody's Birthday. And it yeah. was actually a little uh, prescient that I asked you if you were psychic. This person is a psychic. Oh. Well, claims to be well, psychic. Okay, thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he he is an alleged psychic. He? We know it's a he. Yes, born 1954. Oh, is he still alive? As far as I know, yes. Is it Uri Geller? No, no, it is not. He's, he'd he's, be younger. He's not so much. Uri Geller isn't quite so much of the talk to the dead, I see ghosts oh. kind of s- skeptic. That's more of this kind of guy. Is it? Is it the the guy who has the same name as a uh, 
politician here in the United States? Uh, um, I don't know. I can't remember his name. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess no. His name Mark? No. John. N- no. Are we, are we just going <laughs> to go? Does his name begin with an M? M. Yeah, I'm seeing an M. Okay, I'm we're seeing doing an cold M. reading now. I'm seeing an M, maybe an E in, in the name. Uh, <laughs> Yes, there is one E. Yeah, yeah, Vanna, like please to, turn the letter. I to Ding. <laughs> um, this uh, alleged Marky Mark. I don't think so. This alleged psychic has been on TV several times. You know, obvious things like he was on Larry King or Good Morning America, that kind of thing. But he's also had two TV shows. I believe they were both on the A and E network. I don't know anything about the A and E network. Oh gosh. Let's see here. So we, we know it's not John or Mark. Yeah. Matthew, Luke. <laughs> John. Well, no, we just said John. He sorry. does Saul. believe that his gifts are a gift from God. No. On his website, he's very specific about the fact that he believes in God. No. No, not so, his his actual psychic things that he does don't really center on the whole God thing. He's just very careful to point out that yes, he does believe in God, and he believes that's where all this came from. Hmm. So when we talked a week or two ago about the guy who was exorcising people, he probably wouldn't say that my psychic abilities require an exorcism from Bob Larson. Bob Larson. Bob Larson was the web of trust for a couple weeks ago. Uh, Okay, what's his first name? Chip. No clue. Chip. Chip Coffee. Chip Coffee, yep. Oh. Which would be going good with Chips Ahoy. Yes. Coffee and Chips Ahoy. Now I'm hungry. (laughs) God damn you guys. (laughs) We got another hour of show to go, Donna. <laughs> Drink your juice. I, I have never yeah, heard I'm, of chipped I'm, coffee. I'm, I'm, um, he has been a star. I, I have a chipped coffee mug at home, however. <laughs> uh, sure, okay. Um, he has starred in Paranormal State, which is apparently a par- that was that Pennsylvania. Was the, that was the version sequel. of Red State yeah. that didn't get released. <laughs> oh no, it's Red State meets uh, Paranormal Normal Activity. Activity, yeah. Sure, yeah. It was all about the Pennsylvania State University Paranormal Research Society, or PRS. The Ghostbusters. Yeah, essentially. And and they did a lot of the... Whose whose acronym is Pap Schmear? (laughs) 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 Paranormal Activity, Pennsylvania, (laughs) Psychic Men, (laughs) something... Congratulations, Gary. You broke two of us. It's really not that funny. But. It's not, but it is. Yeah. But because um, it almost actually works. Yeah, almost. Except for where it doesn't. Except for, except for the end. I like the schmear. I mean, I mean, it's uh, a bagel eating. topping, you know. Yeah, exactly. I've been oh. You can only oh, buy it yeah, at now, that, Yeah, now, now I can't go to Einstein's Bagels anymore. <laughs> can I have a schmear? Oh, God. Can I have a schmear of schmegma, please? Oh, God. Anyway. So, yeah, this um, a paranormal state show was your typical kind of um, shaky camera, um, infrared or low-light cameras, EVP recordings, and, oh, what's that? You know, that kind of crap, and... There's been several accusations that they full-on stage stuff in that someone sees someone running by a window and was actually some PA or something told, go run by the window. 
Um, and also things like they went to investigate the house of one of the hosts of, I think it was Ghost Hunters or something. <laughs> the House of Pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what the house was, but okay. good guess. Um, <laughs> Reasonably priced breakfast. So for some reason, that one of the people from Ghost Hunters, the uh, TAPS organization, felt the need to have this other paranormal group investigate their house. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff was heavily, heavily edited. And no. the idea that she thought she already had this friendly ghost and there was this evil ghost haunting the going on. The friendly ghost? Haunting Casper? Essentially, yes. And and a lot of the stuff, including the interactions with Mr. Chip Coffee, were very I can't fraught get with... with uh, they, they started to fight each other because he was trying to make her say that, oh, just be scared. Pretend you're scared. Like, that you don't know that you have this ghost or something like that. And so there's hope. So it's always fun when you have Ghost Hunter fighting with Ghost Hunter. About who's right about the ghost hunting <laughs> that they can't prove scientifically ghost anyway. Ghost hunter on ghost hunter crime. Right. So it seems like he's kind of a bastard that way and that he kind of tried to strong arm some other people and he was a bit of a dick. But the thing that makes him even worse is that he, I believe he was the host um, or significantly involved with uh, Psychic Kids, which was the um, TV show yeah. where you had... Basically, a few psychics, and I think one psychologist, I'm not sure, but um, basically saying, your children report having psychic abilities. Well, we'll pair you up with a psychic or a medium, and you show you how to harness your abilities and ultimately you know, share them with the world and show that you're not alone, that you really are a psychic. And you know, a, a lot of the skeptic blogs of that time were basically saying, well, it's entirely possible that these kids who are claiming psychic abilities are actually mentally ill, so maybe we should have them tested for schizophrenia. And the, wow. the response from people like Chip Coffee were things like, they can't all be insane, so none of them are insane. <laughs> and a lot of kind of, well, I'm not going to dignify that comment with a response, kind of non-responses, because they, he doesn't have a response. And it's, it's not like Skeptic said that Every kid on that show was mentally unstable, but it's a possibility we should have that tested first. And also, you know, maybe it's a kid who's been abused and just needs attention or has an imaginary friend. And you're trying to encourage this kind of imaginary friend stuff that kids should naturally grow out of, yeah. not be reinforced. So that's why... But but then if, if, you, if you don't do that, you wouldn't get your priests and <laughs> imams and clerics and stuff. Oh, yeah, because we need more of that. Well, they do. <laughs> sure, okay. But, uh, yeah, he's a bit of a jerk, but the one redeeming quality he does have is he's, he's, he seems to be involved in uh, dog rescue, animal rescue kind of charity stuff. Well, and he can talk to the dogs. He's also made a video for uh, the It Gets Better project because it just so happens that he is homosexual. But And sometimes it seems like the comments he makes on his blog tries to turn any criticism into... Well, you just don't like gay people. That's why you're claiming that I'm a fake psychic or whatever. So, does he also claim that my ghosts are fabulous? <laughs> wow, look at the looks on your faces. <laughs> I'm just remembering the very serious conversation we had last week. <laughs> Contrasted with, oh, Gary's back. <laughs> 
So one last bit of information on this. Um, it is Chip Coffee's birthday, so he's not necessarily our web of trust person. Uh, but he does have a website, chipcoffee.com, where you can spend hundreds of dollars asking for private sessions and Woo-hoo. probably buy his book or whatever and read all about psychic kids and paranormal state. Um, but make sure that if you're looking to rate him Web of Trust down, that's chipcoffee.com. Chipcoffee.info is um, a satirical website basically calling him a stupid-ass fraud. <laughs> So maybe kind of one is a website, one is a website. One gets green, one gets great. Awesome, yeah. awesome. So that is the birthday, 1954, August 21st. Do I make you <laughs> nervous? Because did you have this much problems last week when I was... I, I, I don't know. It's just looking into your eyes. It's frightening the deep, oh. dark hole that is your soul. Really? That's where we're going with this one? Best I could come up with on short notice. (laughs) We'll be cutting that one out. That's the problem with improvisation. Sometimes it's just like awkward silence. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so Chip Coffee is our birthday. But speaking of coffee, turns out uh, coffee is either good for you or horribly bad for you. Which is (laughs) Is it? it? It's either going to kill you or save your liver. Yes. Well, there's lots of things that coffee is good for. Uh, Coffee is... Apparently, coffee and tea, good for your liver. Uh, it's also good for curses. There's, there's been all kinds of coffee research released this yeah. this past uh, this year. Uh, anyway, it's, for it's, years and years. It's good for you. It's I also mean, good to, for migraines. Yes. In other words, causing migraines. Or because just it's the, the simple things that helps you wake up. Some yeah. people think right. it helps and with a hangover. In some respects... Yeah. Coffee is also good for relieving migraines. If you have like the tension migraine, you take it with your aspirin and your Tylenol. The coffee will help it kick in a little bit. Huh. So, so, wow. Uh, and then, of course, if you drink too much coffee, it'll kill you. <laughs> well, not necessarily yeah, it will it kill has... you, but you're more likely to die. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, but isn't it like up to 55 it might kill you? And then after that, it's just fine? Well, the, that's the study. The... Why don't you go in on what the study actually says? Yeah, there was there was a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Stephen H. Blair of University of South Carolina is a senior investigator in a longitudinal study of more than forty-five thousand participants between the ages of twenty and eighty-seven years old, and uh, who drank or said they drank more than four cups of coffee a week. And it found that they were 21% more likely to die an early death if you drank more than uh, four cups of coffee a week, which I do. So is, do I. Is that more I drink- four, than four copies of coffee? That's weird. You would think it would be more than four cups of coffee a, a day. day. That's that, right. which was, that originally was what I, what I originally thought. read. I, That's I weird. misread it because I was all like, okay, I don't drink personally four cups of coffee a day. Yeah. I drink maybe two most likely about one and a half. Yeah, I do. I do one. But basically, so if if you're having more than four cups of coffee a week, you have a 21 percent chance of an early death. However, if you do uh, more than 28 cups of coffee a week, that raises it to a 50 percent chance uh, uh, mortality risk. The people who survived after a 17-year period uh, had a 32% higher risk of cardiovascular disease. Okay. For the people who did uh, four or more cups of coffee a week. I'm doomed. <laughs> well, at least it said if, if you drank a lot of coffee, it also correlated with more likely to smoke 
and also oh, lower levels true. of cardiorespiratory fitness. Yeah, so there could be more than one factor yeah. contributing to these That's what I really numbers. think is going on here. If you've got the kind of life where you need to be constantly... I mean, morally fixated. Having, well, not exactly that. That's another <laughs> thing entirely, and we're not doing primate, primate sexy time on this show. Um, more, if you've got the kind of lifestyle where you need to drink a lot of coffee to keep yourself going, yeah. you've got kind of an anxious, stressful lifestyle that you need to keep going, and or you may not be getting enough sleep, so you're taking the coffee to bring yourself up in the morning. Yeah, that's right. true. There's, that's there's a, a variety can, of. I, there's a variety of things that I think that are going into this that we're not taking into account. Like you said, if you're honestly, if you're drinking 28 cups of coffee a week, that's for a day. That was the original thought that you and I both had. You are probably in a very stressful job. You're probably working well over the 40 hours a week. Maybe a student. Or filmmaker. Or filmmaker. filmmaker. In addition, you're probably (laughs) in that also, you're probably not getting time to go to the gym, go on a walk. Yeah. All of these. There's, I think that there's more to it than just, oh, drinking coffee. But (laughs) But it does, I mean, it does really go back to, there there are two big rules that we as the Skeptic Wire have that we try to communicate as best we can to our listeners. One is don't shoot people. Really? Yes. And we, we we tell people that. Yes, we often tell people don't shoot people. <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. Unless you edit yeah, that out of every don't, single don't, show. Don't shoot people. And this week, people have not been doing very good about that. There have been yeah. very several very high-profile shootings, Which including we'll talk about one later. we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, but the second one is everything in moderation. Really? That one, too? Unless you've edited that out as well. <laughs> now... We as good, skeptic good wirers aren't necessarily um, paragons of moderation in Especially all our behavior. Especially when it comes to coffee. <laughs> yeah. Or food. Or... Lack of exercise? Um, yes, l- lack of exercise being... Okay. Speak for yourselves, people. Um, okay, fine. We'll speak for you, Gary. I'm a, I'm a very moderate person. We'll speak for you, Gary. Ritual murders of children. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that falls under... Well, see, now, that doesn't fall under don't shoot anybody. That just falls under don't kill anybody, which would be the broader umbrella. But it falls under moderation. Oh. As in, don't go to excess. Uh, how many children are excessive? Okay, let's stop going down that road. It was a little bit funny when I first said it, and now it's just <laughs> now it's gone creepy. creepy. But the important thing, I think, to take from this is... Too much coffee is not good for you. Right. Just like too much alcohol, too much smoking. Well, it it should be a treat every once in a while. And also, this talked about just coffee in general. It did not differentiate between just a simple mug of hot black coffee or if someone is getting the big Starbucks venti grandi latte with cinnamon and sprinkles kind of basically yeah. a jug of sugar with a little bit of coffee in it. Right. So, you know, I think in most of the cases that they found that if you're just having plain old coffee, maybe with a touch of sugar or a touch of milk, that is healthier than all this other stuff in moderation. Sure. Well, yeah, because it, there's the caloric intake. Like, if, you, if you're having a... Uh, 12-ounce cup of coffee with that's a 1,000 calories versus a black cup of coffee, which is about 15. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a, that's a big lifestyle difference right there. Yeah. And this, this did really focus on coffee, but said coffee and then said the caffeine might have an effect. 
Well, yeah. there's other ways to get caffeine. There's sure. tea, there's Coca-Cola, Mountain Dew, whatever. Sure, they're not all per- they're not all uh, created equal. Right. So it seems like this this particular one about the the death of people <laughs> with coffee uh, focused for whatever reason on the coffee as opposed to everything else. Yeah. And I I just think it's probably the article's pro- fault more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. They do have 45,000 participants. So they do. that does give you a lot of statistical power to right. say over this line of more than four cups, no, 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 less than four cups. Yeah, yeah, but but we're also have a correlation causation yeah. problem here because as you said, there were people who were smoking and doing a, so they had to have used statistical methods to say that the coffee is the outstanding thing here for yeah. whatever Or reason, they may have but. picked an artificial line in the sand yeah. in that they tried it with two cups of coffee, didn't find any statistical difference. They tried it with six cups of coffee, didn't find anything. So they just kept trying until they sure, and that, and that's, found a you know, That's a reasonable thing that you can do. But, uh, but So basically, as you said, Greg, everything in moderation yeah. and don't kill anybody. Which is weird when you come to the second study. This whole kind of how much you're going to have, whatever. This was just a study where they looked at people who had, what was it, uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, NAFLD. Um, and they they said... Was this a study of, of people with diabetes and, and obesity? They just said that most people who have diabetes or obesity also have NAFLD. Uh, yeah, sure, which makes sense. Yes. So if you... If you are obese, you probably have a lot of fat going around in your system, and some of it sticks into the liver, causing a disease. Sure. That's my assumption of what's going on. But they didn't study people in this study. Um, It was by Paul Yen and uh, Rohit Sinha, and I think they're both at uh, Duke NUS Graduate Medical School. And they essentially did cell culture and mouse studies. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, saying, you know, if we gave them the equivalent of some caffeine in the form of, I assume, coffee. Coffee or tea. Coffee or tea in this situation, exactly. That a certain amount of caffeine and coffee in some coffee form led to a breakdown of those fatty deposits in the liver, which meant that coffee, caffeine might be beneficial. Right, but of course this is... In a Petri dish and not in the body. Or in a mouse, where you're feeding them a teaspoon of coffee, and that's kind of like a whole cup for us. Now, the weirdest sentence in this entire article, and the reason why these two things are paired together, is these findings suggest that... Sorry. These findings suggest that consuming the equivalent of caffeine intake of four cups of coffee or tea a day may be beneficial in preventing and protecting against the progression of NAFLD in humans. Right. So that directly contradicts what we just said in the first well, study. Well, no, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't, because this is about protecting the liver, whereas the other one is causing cardiovascular disease. <laughs> so, so you'll save more, your liver, but your heart will go more, boom. Exactly. Right. Which is more important to. If you have a relatively healthy heart but a sucky liver, you might want to drink the coffee. Right. If your liver is doing great, but you know you got a little bit of angina, you might want to lay back on the coffee. Yep. And if you also and have liver alcohol. damage from alcohol, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you may want to lay off on the coffee. <laughs> you may want to lay off on a lot of things at yes. that point. So all in all... Coffee can be bad for you, but it also can have some beneficial effects. Either way, Gary's fucked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, pretty much.
But that, that's uh, basically my sum up of that story. But the, the thing about coffee is it it really kicks in the the brainicles. What was that? <laughs> brainicles. Uh, the Are parts- those the the barnacles that when you wake up in the morning and you're like. Oh God! I just I, you know I got this to do and that yeah. to do and then and then coffee just kind of clears so, all those out, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so there was a study that released in uh, PLOS One about a group of researchers at the University of Utah, led by Dr. Jeff Anderson, MD, PhD, Mr. Um, Anderson, and they're claiming that they have debunked the myth of a right brain and left brain personality traits. And I this, thought this was already debunked. Well, they, <laughs> they're adding to the pile of debunkingness. Okay. Yeah. So what they're saying now, the right brain, left brain myth is that, uh, Your right, right brain people are very artistic, creative and, so, and right, everything. And that would mean that the right portion of the right hemisphere of the brain is going to be working more and harder and then the left brain are people who are more methodical and scientific. And so the left hemisphere of the brain would be working more harder and more harder, working <laughs> harder and have more connections. And what they did is they took uh, something like a thousand and eleven MRI scans of people uh, ranging from seven to twenty nine. And they looked at the connections in the brains. And, and this, were, this was at the resting state, right? Right. This is all resting state. They weren't state. running them through math problems no, versus they painting a picture. But what they were looking at is the connections and how the left brain and the right brain compared. Uh, so if someone who is more scientific, for example... Uh, they should see more activity in, they, in they, general on their left side should, of their they brain. They should see, yeah. If, if this was right, they would see more, not, not activity, but uh, connections. Okay. On, on the left brain. And the same thing for the right. And what they found is that it's pretty much evenly distributed uh, regardless of whether you're more scientific or more artistic. Now, there are certain things in that one hemisphere of the brain handles things like language a little bit more than yeah, the other. exactly. But that's in everybody. Right. Yeah, that's right. not a right brain, left brain kind of deal where you've got these people over here who are this category or this people over here who's this other kind of horoscope. Well, you've got this. You're creative, so that means all these other things about you. Right. Well, you would think that, you know, after they did the first hemispherectomy and whoever it was, you know, you know, Joe Schmo, who, for whatever reason, had seizures and had to have literally half his brain removed and all of a sudden couldn't draw a picture of a cat. <laughs> you know, you know, when he could do that, you know, they go, huh, maybe that whole right brain, left brain thing. Yeah, well, they also, really for, for seizures, they also uh, severed the connections between the left and right brain. And so then they can figure out, that's how they kind of figure mm-hmm. out which one's the left and which one's the right. But a person, a personality doesn't just do that. Right, exactly. And I think that's the whole point of this study. It's not saying that math isn't handled by a left-hand side. It's saying and that it's, it's, if you are more mathematically inclined, you're not driven by your left-hand side of your brain. And I'll bet, I mean, this wasn't what this study was run for, but I'll bet that the MRIs of these subjects also debunked the myth that we only use 10% of our brain. Yeah, which was... <laughs> But does support the scientific point of view, the materialistic point of view, that our personality and everything about our 
consciousness comes from our brain. The right, the entire yeah. brain, not just one yeah. one side or the other. Uh, now, what what I thought would be interesting though is this, all of these were just at rest brains. So it'd be interesting to see if they could get more artistic people or or get some functional MRIs of people who are a hard creative or or hard math. So either MIT people or Burning Man people. Uh, well, no, because MIT people are quite creative. And the Burning Man people are brain dead anyway. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, I'm going to make a pop culture reference here. Leonard versus Penny. There we go. Yeah, that's much better than my thinly veiled attack at Burners. Well, see, now this is, this is the problem I have with, with this thing, because people who are very good at their game... Uh, especially in the sciences, uh, physicists, for example, they have to be creative as well as very uh, plotting and the methodical. Kind of the Einstein kind of thought yeah. experiment kind of thing. Yeah, because you you, ha- you can't just... Well, you can, I suppose, but you have to have that little leap of... And sometimes a huge leap of creativity to come up with something new. Even if you're the kind of person who focuses just on the the math of physics, you don't think about the astrophysics or the interactions. Right. You're focused so much on the math, but you have that have to have a creative insight in some way to think. Maybe if I rearrange the numbers this way, I use a sum instead of a sigma instead of a schwa or something. Yeah. I've forgotten yeah. all my college math. But. Yes, yes, you have. Because <laughs> we're not just talking about variable use. Yes, I, <laughs> I realize talk- that. But. <laughs> I'm going to use a smiley face. How creative <laughs> of you. Uh, but at the same time, you know, a, a person who's doing a sculpture uh, has to have that initial burst of creativity, but then they have to have the mechanical know-how on how to take it up so right if they're working with marble they have to have learned the properties of marble not just kind of intuitively but know that if you hit along a vein or something it's more likely to chip than if you go against the grain or something i also have no nothing about sculpture as as well so (laughs) this entire segment i'm just talking out my ass Go ahead, Donna. Go ahead. I, I can take it. that's what she did most days. No. Yeah, I figured that's where you were going. So, <laughs> I'm like, no, don't let it out. Sometimes I give these opportunities to you guys to, to go for it and make fun I of me. I try to be nice. Cause because, I, yeah, there's no other reason to make fun of you, me unless I give you an opportunity. <laughs> like that little Freudian slip there. Of you. <laughs> me. <laughs> me, I mean. Well, yeah, I, I think what we're trying to say, though, is there are many jobs that have to combine yeah. creativity as well as tech, science, Right, but it'd be, um, it'd be, it would be interesting to get those people who are at the top of the game to have an fMRI, and to get the people like the the middlemen, the middle managers, the people who are really good at math, who basically take like Einstein's idea, because Einstein said that he was never very good at math, and even Stephen Hawking has people who kind of do the math for mm-hmm. him. He comes up with the ideas, and then they prove it using the the leaps that that they've made. Edison's, I'm going to invent a light bulb, and I'm going to hire 500 people yes. to do the brute force work for exactly. me. Exactly. So you get the 500 people. So so you get Edison going with this creativity part, and then the 500 scientists. If, if you did fMRIs for, for these people, I think it'd be interesting and insightful to see how, 
how all of that works. Except for the fact, okay, yes, you have that one study where they MRI'd car- dead carpfish. Right. Um, it's going to be kind of hard to MRI Thomas Edison and his workers. Cause so they're people like him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't take everything so literally. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a left-brained person. <laughs> the hell you say. <laughs> so this is an interesting study about how brains work and how we know more about it. Maybe this might give us some insight into those people who use their brains to try to pretend they can do integrative medicine. Could be. Now, there was another article about integrative medicine. Or is it integrative? Hmm. Integrative? Integrative. No, there's no integrity. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you'd say that because that's that's where I was about to go. Bullshit! (laughs) So, ChicagoMag.com had an article called Does Integrative <laughs> Integrate Integrative I don't know I, Integrative no, inter, Integrative Integrative medicine really work. I can pronounce all of the rest of those. Some does some do. Some does. Some do. Well depends <laughs> on uh, okay, my understanding is of integrative medicine is that it's taking these alt med treatments and mixing them with traditional western allopathic medicine it really whether or not it works or not really depends on how you define alternative medicine well this is because if you think that massage is an alternative medicine if you think yoga and exercise is an alternative medicine then yes it works homeopathy and acupuncture where it's just the placebo effect it it does not matter yeah, it's not. It doesn't really work. It doesn't make it things better than they would normally be. And, and when you say that yoga and massage and exercise work, they work for very specific things. <laughs> right. I mean, if you're taking yoga because your kidneys are shutting down, I don't think it's very going to point. work. I'm talking about. But if about- you are taking yoga and massage because your blood pressure is going up and you need to calm down then yeah it's going to have it's going to have a beneficial effect if you're doing it for overall health exactly right. so that's effectively what a lot of this article said okay good we're done no we're not <laughs> no, okay hey, damn you know what that's really good considering i didn't even read the damn thing <laughs> but this so so they were, they were talking about how the uh, uh, northwestern memorial hospital system Opened up a, a in, integrative medicine hospital, and right. so they were they're they're combining, uh, as you said, allopathic with the alternative med- medicine stuff, and uh, helping people to pay for uh, the treatments, which unfortunately I think include homeopathic acupuncture and stuff like that. Now right. there was a quick list at the end of the article. Right. It listed all the stuff that the kind of the way we're talking about, and it does really mix the truly alternative medicine with the kind of compl- actual complementary 
behaviors that can increase your overall health. Right. So it has acupressure, acupuncture, Ayurveda. Jesus, what the hell is that? Ayurveda. Oh, an Indian approach that focuses on restoring the body's balance. Okay, whatever. Uh, biofeedback, herbal medicine, homeopathy, massage, meditation, naturopathy, and Reiki. So right. Reiki is just waving your heads o- hands over somebody, pretending that you have magical energy powers, where massage is actually touching someone and either relieving stress in muscles by working at something or just helping someone relax because they're being calmed and touched in a soothing manner. Right. But the the purpose of this page was, one, to show what the cost was. Yeah. And two, to show whether or not it was covered by uh, Cigna, which is the largest health insurer with who has clear and consistent guidelines on what it is. And acupuncture was covered, but only to treat certain kinds of pain, nausea, and vomiting. Uh, biofeedback, which works in some cases, is also covered. Yeah. Homeopathy is not covered. Why? Because it doesn't work, and they're not going to waste their money. Massage is not covered because they're considering it an experimental treatment Cigna is uh, and maybe it's not as proven yeah and it again like like we said uh, meditation and massage are are very specific things yeah like uh, I know massage I have a lot of friends who are massage therapists and they get a lot of people who have come out of surgery and it really helps with the healing process of you know because they, they work around the, the right the, the wounds and 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 cuts and everything like that um so, but it was very telling, however, on the fourth page of this article, which is the last page. And one, it kind of upset me because it says, and I quote, Northwestern, <laughs> Northwestern integrative medicine has become an unqualified success. In October, it will have it will host a trifecta of national conferences, the annual meeting of the consortium, blah, 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 blah. Durbin says that NIM's revenues grew 33%. It's all about the money. It has right. nothing to do on whether or not the, mm. the... Patients are doing better. Yeah, and that's the other thing is they were talking about, oh... Uh, we consider it a success if the patient feels better. But it, they're not saying whether the patient is actually cured better. They're using subjective cured measures ver- well, versus objective measures. Uh, yeah, they're, they're using like this hand-wavy thing. So if you go up and blow in their ears and go, oh, I feel so much better now, that hasn't cured the cancer. Always right. makes me feel I've... better. <laughs> wow, awkward silence. Okay. I'll fill that awkward silence with more silence. Right, and no, I, I agree with you that there are certain things that you can do diagnostic testing for. If you have high blood pressure and your arteries are starting to clog and everything else, there are blood tests, there are echocardiograms and everything else, as opposed to going, so is your angina on a scale of, is it a 10 still or is it only at an 8? Or yeah. have we actually gotten it down to a 5? Because... You know what? I've had massages. I love them. I 
feel better after them. So if somebody comes up to me and says, hey, how's that blood pressure thing you got going? I'm going to be like, yeah, I feel much better now that I've had an hour-long deep tissue massage as opposed to the hour before that where I'm all like, I've dealt with the fucking traffic and all these people pissing me off and all this just, you know what? I am better. But I'm pretty sure if you took my blood pressure, there would be a difference, maybe not a large difference, but there would be a difference. Right. The When I was a little kid, I, having asthma, one of the things they tried to do was say, okay, before you go to sleep at night, try to do a relaxation technique where you work your way up from your toes all the way up to your head, say, you know, breathing in and me. out and relaxing, kind of squeezing <laughs> muscles and relaxing. For me. Exactly. It was It was a suggestion of, you know, maybe if you can relax, because the one bad asthma attack I've had my entire life was exacerbated by being in an ER and being freaked out and being afraid to die. So anxiety does affect asthma. Sure. So relaxation can be very important. But when I was in the ER for that really, really bad asthma attack, I took the nebulizer, I was taking the the regular kind of low-level stuff, and they said, this isn't working. They gave me a shot of adrenaline, and it worked. So, they, you know, there's some times where you actually have to just use medicine. You can't, you know, woo-woo your way yeah. out of it. That's good. Right. You know, to quote Tim Minchin, you know what they call our alternative medicine that works? Medicine. medicine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, th- so the, the sentence that really pissed you off about how saying NIM's revenues grew 33% from, in, from 2009 to 2012, well, that's because there's – a huge profit margin in a lot of these alternative medicines. You're giving someone a sugar pill for homeopathy or sticking someone with some needles that you didn't clean from the last person Yeah. with your acupuncture. That's a hell of a lot cheaper. It's a hell of a lot cheaper to start treating another hundred people than it is to treat another hundred people with stent surgery or something for heart problems. Sure. There's a, bigger profit margin in all these so of course if you start a program small and start adding more people yeah you're going to make more money because it doesn't cost anything to do anything with it because even if it's something that can kind of work like massage or meditation there's not a startup cost in that right i mean in a massage you know for them for this for this place is 112 dollars for an hour that's in okay my friends don't make that much. They charge <laughs> 30 to 60, uh, maybe up to 80. So there's this huge profit margin. And you can pay your employees well and still have enough left over to do that. Now, if they take this money and start putting it towards allopathic and science-based medicine, that could be a real boon because so, the one thing about uh, alternative medicine is if the person – if it's if if the problem that they're having is more a conceptual problem, uh, I, I don't want to say it's you know is that their pain is fake. They may be they feel pain, but what they really need is the attention to be paid in that you know just human contact. They are feeling pain, but it is psychosomatic. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't remember the, the psychosomatic. Yeah, so in those sort of cases, this is the perfect perfect thing. So if you're combining the two, I can see how that would be actually okay. And one of the things that that this integrative medicine place – I can't say it right. 
the integrative <laughs> medicine place. You're welcome, Harry. Talks, talks about is the doctors, um, and and most of them are at least certified as nurses or whatever. But they're also certified in in the in the fake stuff. Uh, is they spend more time with their patients yeah. than regular doctors, and that makes perfect sense to me too. People, you know, just people listening to you and trying to understand your problem goes a long way than just now. Someone like me, I'm just happy to go in there, tell them what I think is wrong. I'm happy to be out of there, so I really right. don't need. <laughs> Well, last week, um, last week I had wrenched my shoulder, so I went to see an orthopedist. And yes, they said, "All right, we're just going to give you a couple X-rays and take a look." But then I sat down with the doctor, and he explained, kind of, "Oh, it's probably just some inflammation, whatever. You know, some. You know, we'll deal with it this way." And he didn't say, "Okay, we're done. You're out of here." Yeah. I was able to sit and talk with him for a few minutes and say, "I wanted to ask the question. You're an orthopedist. How much of a percentage do we possibly have the problem of? If you have a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. You're an orthopedist, so." You're looking for a structural problem. If there isn't, could there be something else? Mm-hmm. And you know, he said, "Well, no. With these kind of situations, it looks like the it, when it looks like this, and how you describe the pain in in your shoulder, mm-hmm. it's probably something either structural or just some inflammation. We don't see structural, so that's why." So he took the time to explain that, yeah. and it was a short ten minute appointment, but. He, that he took the time to answer those questions settled my mind a lot more, so I was able to not worry and think I need a second opinion quite as much. Yeah. So even just a regular doctor, the fact that they take a little time to sit and answer your questions is very important, very helpful, and that's what the woo-woo merchants are capitalizing on. Yeah. Where it's all great that someone has some, you know, good actual medicine, and some relaxation techniques and massage. But something like Reiki and homeopathy that has been out and out disproven, it does not work. There is nothing to it. There's no point to involve that in any sort of quote-unquote integrative medicine, except if you're trying to chase almighty dollar. Right. End of rant. Okay. Well, but that does kind of lead us into, uh, we're talking about science-based medicine versus woo. And you want to bring up a web of trust based on an unfortunate incident that happened this week. Yes. Earlier this week, uh, Narendra Dabholakar, and I, I apologize for any mispronunciations I'm going to have for the rest of the story, he led a lifelong campaign to fight superstition, especially in religious practices, in the state of Maharashtra in India. He started the organization, the Maharashtra Blind Faith Eradication Committee, which offered a rupee prize for anybody claiming to be a spiritual diviner who could actually prove that they were summoning spirits. It's kind of like India's version of the James Randi Prize. Mm. Well, unfortunately, uh, this week, um, two people, apparently on maybe a motorcycle or some kind of vehicle, basically rode up behind him while he was out for a walk and shot him in the head. When we talk about in here in the United States fighting against woo woo, complaining about the you know Northwestern Institute of Medicine trying to do integrative medicine, that is nothing compared to what people like Narendra Dabhokar have to actually deal with on a day to day basis. Very um, similar to we might get an angry email or somebody going, 
Arr, you guys are wrong on Twitter. You know, yeah. at Skeptiquire. <laughs> You're wrong. We may just be called deluded or something. but We when, don't face death threats. Yeah, he, uh, this this gentleman actually told uh, Sanal Adamakuru, who spoke at TAM this year, that, you know what, you, need to co- you should come back to India. You should confront these people who are trying to oppress you and trying to frighten you. And if you're going to be a martyr, then so be it. That raises the level of this problem in India of people clinging to these superstitions and pretending that they can do magic that they can't do or has been disproven. Well, now that he has been shot, um, at least um, the issue has been brought more to the fore. The law that um, he has been fighting for for some 20 years to ban um, black magic and superstitious practices that will defraud people. Mm-hmm. After he, The day after he was killed, the local legislature passed a bill, or at least in one of the two houses, finally passed the bill that he has been fighting for for all these years. Granted, it hasn't fully been signed off on by whatever version of the government they have there, however their legislature works. It's scary that someone would be shot down for this. Now, we don't know right. the full extent of why he was shot. Well, we don't know no one's been caught yeah. yet as of right now on August 21st. But it's pretty likely, given the threats he's gotten and the threats other skeptical and humanist advocates have gotten, that it probably has something to do with this. We can't conclusively say that right now, though. Yeah. Let's give the benefit of a doubt. I mean, there are tons of just, you know, batshit crazy people out there. Yeah. Uh, but the likelihood that this had something to do with his advocation of skepticism, especially in a country as devout and superstitious as India is. Some of the organization that, that are spinoffs of stuff that he's done... Uh, have shut down uh, psychic healers, uh, faith healers. Uh, I know on the Web of Trust that we're about to talk about, they have a, what is it, I want to say story, a a case where there was a guy out away from the city preying on the credulous and the the uneducated and basically pulling... T- saying that he was pulling uh, flies and other things, uh, worms, out of people's heads and saying that that was what was causing their problem. <laughs> and he would charge like 10, I don't even, a rupee or whatever it is. It's probably the same tricks that a psychic surgeon would it's do exactly to pull this, yeah. chicken guts yeah, out and, of someone's and, belly. Yeah, and they, and they, they found him, they called them out on it, and they, they shut them down. And so when you start doing that, when you start taking away someone's livelihood, some f- fraudulent or otherwise, a lot of people start getting mad. So Yeah, you either have people who this is how they make their money, or they are full-on true believers, and they think... They, he was often accused of being anti-God, anti-religion. Yeah, witchcraft, the whole thing. Yeah, where, so. whereas you know he has specifically said, there's nothing in this bill that he's been pushing for that bans religion or anything like that. There's still freedom of religion, freedom of belief. But when you're actively defrauding people and, you know, selling snake oil or using magic tricks that have been shown and debunked, that should be called fraud and should be should be dealt with. Yeah. So why, why don't you 
talk about your web of trust. Yes. So the website of, um, I don't know if it's his personal website or his, his organization, but it's antisuperstition.org. Which is good because the actual name of the committee that runs it is the Maharashtra and Hashradra Normulian Samiti Committee for Eradication of Blind Faith. Right. Which shortens to just Committee for the Eradication of Blind Faith or antisuperstition.org. Yeah. So a, <laughs> a lot of the site is in not exactly perfect English, but it is in English, and it will show you some of what um, Mr. Dabhulkar and his organization have been trying to do in India. The interesting thing is that um, he has stayed specifically within only his own state um, of uh, Maharashtra to basically just be an activist in that one area to kind of have satellite organizations. It's it's like if you were just saying, I'm only going to focus about Wu in California. Yeah. And then have my satellite organizations and have a solid foundation there and then try to spread to the rest of the country. Exactly. So um, after, after he passed away because of this assassination, um, some of my uh, skeptical friends noticed that his website, antisuperstition.org, did have kind of a middling... It's like 50 or 60 Web of Trust rating, but I think for someone who's trying to fight superstition in such a hostile environment, mm. we need to give them some support with some Web of Trust love. So this week's website versus website, I'm going to recommend website. I'm going to recommend that you all go to antisuperstition.org and give them a positive Web of Trust rating. And if you don't know about Web of Trust, go to mywot.com, and you can find out all you need to do to install the tool on your web browser. Yeah. Now, there, there was one page, um, which I didn't really understand. Uh, they, there's a, a section of the website uh, written by Dr. Narendra Dabhulkar called Rationality Mission for Success in Life. And... As you mentioned, the the English on here is not the best. It's basically translated English. And so they have four action plans that, uh, the missions that they're trying to bring about the desired change in society. Well, the first one is age-old superstitions uh, are, aren't good. So let's try and educate people that superstitions are superstitions. They're not right. reality. Show people the magic tricks behind yeah. these fakers. Yeah, uh, because you're wasting money, labor, and time dealing with, with this stuff. And modern society uh, can't afford, afford that. So that that's the first one. Uh, I'll skip the second one because that's the one I want to talk about. The second one is uh, violence among pe uh, the other which we, we've talked about here, uh, people not like you and you don't trust them, and so breeding familiarity between you and your neighbor. Uh, so they want more outreach programs so that... Uh, Preventing dehumanizing of someone you may not agree with. Exactly. Which we could all use a lot more of. See last week's episode. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the, and then the fourth one, the, they were talking about uh, AIDS and... Um, get some reform in about how India treats people with HIV and try and get education out so that they understand that it is 
a disease that is passed through uh, sexual contact or, or blood. That and, is not a moral problem, exactly. that sort of thing. So what's the number two that you were kind of a little iffy on? I didn't understand it is the problem. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read it because it's just a couple of couple of sentences and see if you guys can help me out here. Maybe don't do this one in a southern accent. No, I'm not going to. Uh, the, the, the key word is addiction. Um, I'm not certain if it's used properly or not. So, so, quote, The person deprived of rationality will be victim of superstitions internally and life-killing addiction externally. The addiction of any kind will deprive the person of his, her physical and mental health and subject the person to severe pain and in the long run shortening the life. At the individual level, let us take oath not to fall prey to any addiction. Even for just once, too. Like I said, it's bad. Yeah, right. Uh, the, the growing addiction has turned into a national burning issue in recent years. Maharashtra government is openly encouraging the addictions, making them accessible easily at all places and at all hours, and amassing the taxes at the expense of its citizens' health. Let us enforce. Let us force our administrators to publish a white paper giving all the details about their short and long-term plans to curb addiction in this state. So when I hear that paragraph, there are two possibilities I think of. One may be coming from my bias, one being that government allowing smoking and alcohol is not great for the populace, that is an addiction, maybe something like that. Right, but they're also saying that uh, they're kind of promoting it. Yeah. Well, that may be state-owned liquor stores or something like that. I don't know. Well, I do know liquor is very cheap over there. In fact, I I have a friend over there, and he's told me that Liquor is a lot cheaper. Liquor is a lot cheaper. Yeah. It's very, very uh, accessible. Easily obtainable. Yes. The other thought I had about that addiction paragraph is maybe it was the wrong uh, synonym. Right. That maybe it was talking more about the dependence that people have on the superstitious practices. They depend upon someone who says that they can cure their disease. Sure. Which means that they're not... they're they're basically using it as a crutch and not getting the treatment they really need or using it as an emotional crutch, a dependence on these faith healers or whatever to say they're going to fix everything so my life is okay. Yeah. And the other side of that might be they use some translation software or whoever translated it was like, well, I don't really have a really good word for this used a thesaurus, yeah. came up with that. And there's, yeah, there's it's a, a very to strong... Me, Oc- yeah. uh, to me, Occam's Razor says there's, it's a issue in translation. Yeah. Except and, for the fact that I think that um, Mr. Dappelkar was actually involved in a, a, a treatment facility a for addiction. addiction facility, yeah. So he, he was involved with addictions. Okay. So... I think it's just it's just... It's poorly it's a poorly worded yeah. poorly worded sentence. But if that's the worst thing you can say about this website, I still think they deserve I still think they deserve a positive web of trust rating. Yeah, I think so. Uh, there's, there's some interesting stories on here. Uh, he's got some uh, in, uh, some well thought out, if not well written, uh, yeah. or not well translated, I should say. Uh, uh, articles. So uh, go to antisuperstition.org and and read around and and check it out. Give them some give them some love. Some web of trust love. Yeah. And speaking of love, 
There was a YouTube video that I just love, and I know Donna does too. Oh, yes. Greg, you posted about this. I did. I just happened to see that there was, um, what is this group calling themselves? Um, S-A-U-F-O-T-X. Yes. So Safotux. Safotux. That sounds like... Nope. A lesbian gathering. <laughs> it could well be. We don't know about aliens and UFOs, do we? <laughs> so we have um, a San Antonio resident, uh, Mario Vallejo, which I'm probably not doing well on the, the pronunciation of that uh, either. Vallejo? Vallejo. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm from New Jersey. What do you expect? Uh, yes, Mario. It's Mario Vallejo. <laughs> I don't know. Going to have some pasta. I was so getting shot. Um, Vallejo. Yes. Okay. And where we get our gas? It's called a Valero. (laughs) (laughs) And it's tortilla. And we live in Bexar County. Exactly. So we have San Antonio resident Mario Vallejo, who has basically... I don't know how he got this footage. My assumption is that he just took his camera, stuck it stuck it on a tripod, and just set it to record for six hours at a well, time. Well, that's basically what he says in the description on YouTube. It says, using the sky fishing technique, which involves leaving a video camera recording with some reference points, which I'm still trying to figure out what his reference points are <laughs> other than the fucking trees. <laughs> it's, it's essentially anomaly hunting. If you... Yeah. Take video of some square long enough, something weird is going to happen. And of course, the this is the sky, so yeah. right. So sky fishing. So it's very good. It's a it's um. So the video that is connected to the news story that we posted is basically staring at this kind of treescape on the bottom fourth Backyard. of the video exactly, and most of it is blue sky, and it's identifying as a San Antonio, Texas. There's the date along the bottom. Donna will get to that later. And there's a battery indicator on there for some reason. Donna will get to that later. Um, <laughs> and as the, the they show about 30 seconds of a clip, which is, of course, of like some six hours worth of video. And, Presumably. Um you see from the right hand of the screen a blur. A, a, little, a pixel. A little blob of... A pixel! Like it's three a... pixels. Maybe three pixels. Let's be generous. Yeah, that's true. Because there's, yeah. there's a dark part and a white part. Yes. That they're quite uh, obviously connected together. And this small collection of a few pixels travels basically in a straight line, kind of angled a little bit down across from right to left on the screen. Yeah. As this is happening... You can also see other objects flit through the the camera view, which may either be bugs that are really, really close to the f- film or birds that are fluttering through. Right. But the object that they're focusing on, the orb, as they're calling it, does go in a straight line across the sky. Weird. Yes. And I can't imagine. think of anything that flies in a straight, straight line. line. I know. And they're very... <laughs> Um, insistent on the fact that they're zooming in a hundred percent, and they show hundred times. Uh, yeah, hundred times. Sorry, thank yeah. you. So when they say they zoom in a hundred times, yeah. they basically show this little square of yeah four pixels that is a blob on the screen. It's still not any better. There is nothing identifiable about this at all. But of course, it is an orb, which 
I can't tell if they're saying it's a ghost orb or a spaceship orb, but they're calling it an orb. Yeah, they're calling it. I think they're, well, they're calling UFO. UFO orb. UFO orb. That's yeah, what's yeah. in the title. But that goes back to my song that I wrote last year of, well, how do you know something up in the sky is a UFO ship versus an angel versus a ghost? Right. You can't see what it is. There's no context at all. Or a so, fucking right. helicopter, perhaps. Exactly. That 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 is my conclusion that it's a, that it's a helicopter. And the reason why I say that is, first of all, what you haven't explained is that this is no better than 480 uh, p. Right. So which it's is a really, really low def. Right. Yeah. It is, this is extremely like beginner digital. It's it's SD. This is this is yeah. This is YouTube. Six years ago, what I thought of Quality. when I first saw that this video was up there, and how they, and how they did it, was that when I wanted to record movies off the TV some twenty years ago, I would stick a, a VCR, I would stick a tape in the VCR and change it to the long play or the super yeah. long play, so that I could get three movies on one one videotape exactly. rather than have one movie for per videotape, and it looked like crap. But I had three movies on the tape, damn it! Exactly. And it's it's like if you have to record onto one little SD card for six hours at a time, you got to turn the the quality way down. And there's also some weird things going on with the video quality here that makes me think that it was a low quality video that they shot with another camera or something. Yeah. Well, first of all, right. you, you've got you've got the the pixels for. The, well, we're, the we're, object. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to refer to it as the object okay. because I will kill myself before I refer to it as a fucking orb. Yeah. <laughs> we, we could call it a UFO as in unidentified flying, flying object. object. But in this particular case, first of all, you've got the birds flapping around. We, they act, mm. they fly like the... Sorry. We're also assuming they are birds. But. Well... Well, and you're right. They could be small insects flying be insects. closer to the camera and everything else. But it is some sort of... But it's so pixelated that yeah. all you see it is, is a, a, a moving zip. pixel. Uh, and every once in a while you see a little black portion which is finally getting uh, colored in. Because the compression is so horrible on this yeah. thing. Well, you know, first it's off, done. it's 480p and then... Yeah. In addition, YouTube compresses it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. That's true. So you've got compression on yeah. top of compression. So my VHS videotape metaphor goes one step further. If I had recorded a if movie had... on super long play and then copied that videotape for my friend, the quality goes down even further. Yes. I'd almost say if you recorded a DVD and then compressed it so you could get four movies onto a single DVD. So you took a full-length DVD and compressed it, and then you decided to put that on your computer. Yeah. And then use, like, MPEG-4 compression. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. There so, you go. It's anyway. a photocopy of a photocopy that's of a, a photocopy. Yes. That's, that's a geeky thing. That's the easiest way to explain it, yes. Yeah. So Using Donna, all our 1980s metaphors. <laughs> why, don't, why don't you explain, talk, really? talk, about, talk about some of the... Anomalies? Yeah, and not not necessarily the anomalies of having a freaking uh, helicopter or plane thing flying through. Why don't you talk about the uh, the things surrounding? Oh, you mean like the obvious cuts that they make? Because if you watch at the bottom with the trees, all of a sudden there's very shifty movements in the leaves, as opposed to this nice flowing, you know, trees in the wind. It's like all of a sudden it goes. Arp! 
But, I, I but this know. is all, this is while this orb is going through. Is that right. correct? Yes. So it's like watching a movie where they don't have a lot of continuity control. And in one scene, Tom Hanks has a drink in his right hand. And the next scene, it's, it's in, in his, his left, left hand. hand. The next scene, it's, it's on, on the, the table. table. Yeah, right. exactly. So, so, question: Could that be an artifact of the double compression? It could be, um, but the trees are actually fairly clear. Despite they are pixelated, but they are still fairly clear in the video. But it is like a whole trunk kind of jumps. It's it's like the whole shift of the. It's like somebody walked up and went with the tree. Okay, it's like because it's just it moves faster than it should based on the wind in the rest of the footage. So that's the trees. Right. And then we have the little battery indicator up there. (laughs) What's what's wrong with the battery indicator? Well, there's etching. The same thing that's wrong with Zoom wait, and Enhance. Wait, wait, wait. Before you talk about the battery indicator, would you like to um, give your opinion about the quality of the recorder itself? Oh, it sucks. <laughs> and I'm not... <laughs> they're very specific about what camera they're using. And according right, to they... Donna, I think you said piece of shit? Yes. Okay. And I can't... Oh, hold on. Let me see if I can... I gotta go... It's right here. It's a Panasonic SDR T55 78 by 200 Zoom. Right. So, so SD stands for standard definition. Yeah. So first off, you've got, and dude, it's 2013. Okay, <laughs> $100, buy a fucking flip camera, set it on the tripod. It's HD. If, okay? you, if your purpose is to try to get shockingly proving, if your purpose is trying to get video footage of something so extraordinary as an alien spaceship to prove that you are not a crank to your neighbors, you use the best fucking camera you can right. find. You know, $400, you can get a GoPro. And guess what? The new GoPros shoot in 4K, which is past HD. Yeah. This is what movies it, are going can to. Can it record for six hours at that, though? Big uh, enough SD you, card. If, you have a big enough SD card, and you have basically put it onto um, uh, continuous power. Yeah. yeah, you could do it. No, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you just a little bit on the the. I think I think the the trees. Yeah. Um, uh, are it's just a matter of really really heavy compression. You know what? It, it's. I will give you that 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 could be because it's it's almost it's almost like a heat wave, like looking through the heat. Pixels, kind of, are, pixels are jumping. <laughs> yeah, you know, back right. and forth. it's just bad. Yeah. It's just really bad. Yeah, and of course, there's no timestamp, so you really have no idea how how fast this thing is going. So it could be maybe every second is taking. We don't know. There's there's nothing. But they do have a date on there, don't they? Right, August tenth, two thousand thirteen. Normally, when you have a timestamp on your camera. The numbers, like the 10, 2013, are the same size as the AUG for August. So Look it, at, like, your, like, when you take your camera and you take a photo and it timestamps it, it's I, consistent. In this case, the, the AUG is visibly smaller. Yes. Is, is there... Uh, the AUG? For August, okay. Um, so is it possible? So it is. Is it something that they added later, or 
Um, did they modify the 10-20-13? Well, this is my thought. And because why when the they hell actually they zoom it, when they actually, because they do actually go ahead and, look, we, we zoomed in. A hundred times. I thought it was oh. basically just the same footage that they tried to do the CSI zoom and enhance right. on. Right, that's basically what they're trying <laughs> to do. They, they zoom in. <laughs> on a camera, the minute that you zoom in on it, it's still going to keep that date stamp. Mm-hmm. That it's that is an overlay of the camera. Yeah. This supports my theory that they had original footage on a TV or a computer screen that they were taking with another camera, so they could do or, some kind of commentary they, of it. They zoomed in on the video exactly from the screen so right. not using the camera so the, which actually that makes sense because the original they, screen they, they has just recording the it. time yeah. stamped on it so when they zoom in with the second camera yeah. the time stamp on the first camera stays down in the bottom and is cut out once you crop it in right right in addition the like i said the battery thing has this weird coloring underneath it and it's if you look at it in, if you think of stuff in, in a 3D space, the San Antonio, Texas that they obviously overlaid on well, they this. they had to, right? Yeah. Is a layer underneath the battery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you, there is a visible difference in the in the depth ratio and just, for the two things. There's a visual difference in the just the the borderline quality of the date stamp at the bottom versus San Antonio, Texas versus the battery indicator. They all three have slightly different qualities of font and definition in and yeah. of themselves. So I'm calling this one hokum. Well, I, <laughs> that's the thing. I don't think the video itself is faked. I think they set up their tripod and saw something go across the screen and they're misattributing it to UFO, spaceship, whatever, Sure, because, because the, it's mean, in San Antonio. Yeah. We have uh, th- three Air Force bases. Yes. Uh, lots of helicopters. Right. Things There's... go from the left to the right all the freaking time. Sometimes from the right to the left. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and you would think, though, that I'm just guessing that Bigfoot and the UFOs and all of these things, I think they are purposely fuzzy because apparently no camera can ever take a good picture. <laughs> they <laughs> themselves are purposely fuzzy. you're naturally (laughs) out of focus and what I'm not getting is like I'm looking at some of these comments (laughs) like the first one says why are the pictures always fuzzy photoshop Photoshop is nice you gullible liberal I'm not really getting why the guy thinks the uploader is a gullible liberal so the, the uploader responds for thanks for your opinion well photoshop is nice but altering the image is wrong my friend it's <laughs> where what we're saying is the the image has been altered in some way to add the stamps on top of it. Right. And the awesome catch, I caught one that looked almost exactly like that one. So somebody replied the the uploader, "Thank you, my friend. Was it the one you captured on April 13th, 2008?" <laughs> and so, that points to how this in, I mean, granted we skeptics are a small insular community in and of itself. But the UFO so believers the UFOs, yeah. are this small little community of, you know, 
dozens and dozens of people who all know each other's videos and, ooh, look what I got. Uh, yeah, definitely proof. And it's this echo chamber of, yeah, definitely, that's that's definitely a Bigfoot because you see something blurry moving on a trail. Or, yeah, definitely, it's an angel because I yeah. see light coming from it or something another, like that. Another commenter, I bet most, if not all, UFO sightings that happen every year are fake. It's 2013, and your camera only records an SD. Plus, I'm wondering why the trees are appearing in the video like it's a 90s camera model. (laughs) Now, there's one possibility that we haven't talked about yet on this, in that there was a whole lot of news stories this week about how Area 51 has finally been declassified, and everybody knows anything about it. So, obviously, all the aliens and the murderous drone technology that the government is using against us have been moved down to San Antonio, and (laughs) this guy didn't catch a UFO or an angel. It's actually a spy drone um, going to um, murder... Area 52A. Yes. <laughs> Who knows? But it's it's just a anomaly hunting video full of just I I I I, I think I saw something, so it must be what I think it should be, which is a UFO compared to seeing the, a face in a tortilla and thinking because I'm Catholic, that's obviously the Virgin Mary. Exactly. I'm not Catholic. I'm playing the role of someone else. Maybe Believing I should have used. Believing and seeing. A, maybe I should have used a Southern accent. Believing is seeing. Yes. So yeah. that's a little touch, a local touch from us down we'll, here in San we'll Antonio. Put the, we'll put the link up in You the decide. Show. Yeah, it'll be yeah. in the show notes. Absolutely. All right. So, Gary. Yes. What did we learn this week? Well, let's see. So we learned that Particle Java had a birthday. I mean, uh, Chipped Coffee <laughs> had a birthday today. Uh, and he's kind of a jerk about some things and good things about other. We learned that coffee, that Mr. Coffee, may or may not kill you. Maybe. We don't know. Maybe we don't know. Just be careful. Just depends on what's wrong with you in the first place. Everything in moderation. We learned that the brain is non-functioning. No, that's not true. We learned that the brain has a left and a right side and they both work together. Apparently not yours, though. Not mine. (laughs) We learned that integrative medicine is hard to say, and it's all about money. We learned that things in India are hard for us to say. (laughs) And it's hard for skeptics in India. And it's very difficult for skeptics in India. So give them support by going to antisuperstition.org and giving them a positive web of trust rating. Absolutely. We learned that UFOs tend to be sprites and pixels on a screen. If you are going to try and capture a UFO, please use high definition. <laughs> and we learned that we don't have time for the lightning round this week. We don't. No lightning what round. What a shame. What a shame. So no one is queen of the podcast this week. All right. Thanks for joining us this week. Uh, I hope you guys, uh, all you listeners, enjoyed this week's episode. I enjoyed being back. And thank you, Donna and Greg, for joining me. And You're very Sunday. welcome, Gary. Very, very welcome. <laughs> you guys have a great uh, week, and we'll talk with you at you next week. Bye! Yay, bye. bye! The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. 
Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Ready? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, we are ready. Yeah. We are going to be German this entire podcast, right? Guten Tag! <laughs> Guten Tag! Welcome! Welcome! Wir sind Willkommen! Der, der Willkommen! Willkommen! Hello! Hello! We're not going to keep that? Oh. No. Because I, I didn't, I didn't uh, prepare the actual German intro as I should have. Next week. Next week. Okay. So, um, anyway, uh, so that was the... We, we can now... No, wait. I don't know what we're going to say. Uh, yeah, so when someone says that they're left brain, you can just poke them in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a fucking transition is that? Yeah, but wouldn't you poke them in the right eye, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because that, the, yeah, that, that... I little... thought the eyes matched, but the, the, like, the arms and legs switched. Oh, I thought it was eyes I, switched, too. I think it was everything. Hmm. Oh, we just poke them in both eyes and make their other senses take up the slack. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway. So this is an interesting part of... Uh, ChicagoMag.com, which is Chicago Magazine. The most Chicago of all magazines. <laughs> Precisely. You can't it's get much windy? more Chicago. <laughs> is that what you're trying to say? It's the, the leaves, the, the pages of the magazine <laughs> blow just... themselves. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, as the words were, so to speak, coming out of my mouth, I knew exactly what I... And you were going, Oops. come back! <laughs> no! Get back in my mouth, words about blowing... Oh. Yeah. Um, so Chicago... <laughs> you know, your your last, the, the Skeptic Water's last one was nothing like this one. Is it me? Must be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah know what? Much. you know what? <laughs> I think it was just a topic that you had last week. You think? Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. You can just cut that all out. Yeah, we'll cut it. So, <laughs> Isn't that what we say every week? We'll fix it in post. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Yeah. And generally speaking, Show it's 100 times. Uh, yeah, 100 times. Thank yeah. you. So when they zoom in 100%, God fucking crap damn <laughs> shitballs! Wanker ass head in a hole. Let's see. <laughs>